You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino, and the show is Do Facts Matter? And, of course, the answer is no, and I'm going to demonstrate some of that today as I talk about what's going on. The last time I was on, which was two weeks ago, I talked about a religion that was that was uh, in any form is incompatible with Western civilization. That's Islamic civilization. Uh, there was a wonderful book written some years ago about the class, clash of civilizations. And whatever you think about Islamic civilization, it's not compatible with Western civilization. It's a religion that's not compatible with the West, which, of course, basically, at least until recent years, was and it still is, in a lot of ways, predominantly Christian, uh, with, uh, of course, uh, uh, some Jewish foundations. So we talk about Judeo-Christian uh, religion. We talk about Western civilizations, an amalgam of that, and Greek philosophy and Roman law. And uh, we now have a second religion, and and I think you have to, we have to recognize that we're not only in post-Christian America to a large extent, although a lot of Christian views st- still uh, are still there. I mean, after all, where did the whole idea of the equality of man come from? It, it came <clears> – <throat> the Jews had patriarchs as well as matriarchs in the Jewish religion. Paul, in the, his uh, uh, letter to Galatians, talked about – there is no east or west. There is no slave or master. There is no male or female. All is one in Christ. So, so we have a statement of equality, and I'll give you the site to the uh, biblical site. There's a couple of them uh, shortly. But anyway, we have this um, really anti-Christian America. It's really gotten beyond post-Christian America. It's not really an anti-Christian America. Uh, remember what uh, then candidate Obama said about uh, people clinging to their guns and religion. What religion was he talking about? It's Christianity, of course. If you uh, look at what goes on in public schools and in, public, in, in, in cities around the country, uh, Christian groups are being denied access uh, to parks, uh, to uh, and, and for, for group affairs, to public schools. Other groups can come in. But not Christian groups. That's unconstitutional, and the the ACLJ the uh, is uh, on that and writes a lot of letters to a lot of uh, school districts telling them they have to allow Christian groups the same access they allow non-Christian groups. Otherwise, it's viewpoint discrimination, which the Supreme Court has made real plain, is unacceptable. Now. Where are we now? Let's 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 take a look, and and I I got a few notes here, and I, I want to kind of look at them. Um, not only, of course, are we in an anti-Christian America, post post-Christian at least, but certainly anti-Christian, and certainly in the coasts is anti-Christian, and certainly the Obama administration was anti-Christian. What about the Jewish establishment? Well, the Jewish establishment has long since given given up Judaism as a religion. Uh, in favor of uh, maintaining being Jewish as an ethnic identity. I mean, take a look at uh, typical reform temples or synagogues. 
uh, uh, awful lot of them just are outposts for the left wing of the Democrat Party. I remember a story from uh, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, and this there was a rabbi that was uh, hired for a congregation on Long Island in New York. And he was a reformed congregation, and the rabbi came in and started talking religion, Jewish religion. And the board of that synagogue told him that he wasn't going to be renewed because that wasn't what they wanted to hear. What they wanted to hear was left-wing pieties rather than the demands of the Jewish religion. And I've been to a number of uh, reformed synagogues, some of which are really are turning towards religion, and some of which are still just outposts for the left wing of the Democratic Party. Um, And I I, I think uh, we have to understand that people people are religious. They want a religion. And if Christianity doesn't do it, and the elites certainly are anti-Christian, if most Jews have turned, not most Jews, but a substantial number of Jews have turned against Judaism as a religion, what's the substitute? And the substitute is, of course, progressivism. Progressivism is a religion in every way, shape, and form. It has a sacrament and the sacrament is infanticide, just like a lot of primitive religions. Yes, progressivism is a primitive form of religion. It accepts things that can't be proved, that not, I shouldn't say that, he accepts things that are contrafactual. In the central doctrine of Christianity, the resurrection of, of Jesus, can't be proven or disproven. Otherwise, Christianity accepts facts. And it's a myth that Christianity is anti-science. Take a look at the history of the founding of the great universities from the Middle Ages on, where almost all of them were founded by Christians. And and certainly in the Middle Ages, Isaac Newton was a priest. Uh, the, the faculty were, were primarily um, uh, clergymen. Oh, and this idea that, uh, oh, well, what about Galileo? What about Ga- Well, why don't you read, uh, and people should read about Galileo and what really got him in trouble. He was protected by the Pope. He was told by the Pope that he could publish his stuff if he had some real documentation. Get some more documentation. You publish what you want. Well, he didn't listen to the Pope. Although he, and it, it wasn't, it was his fellow professors who were most hostile towards Galileo because of his arrogance, his contempt for anyone who disagreed with him, and his attack on people who disagreed, even those who came after him who said, well, he didn't quite have it right because Galileo still believed in these these uh, epicycles and, and perfect circles uh, in terms of orbits of the planet, and that wasn't true, so... Galileo took it seriously when people criticized him. Well, you know, he didn't get it quite right, Galileo. Well, he wouldn't accept that either. So look it up. Look up the real history. So the real history of the the uh, of Western Christianity is the acceptance of scientific fact, not the not the opposition to scientific fact, which of course it happened occasionally. But but all those universities, look them up. University of Paris, look them up. Bologna, look them up. 
See when they were formed. And see who formed Harvard, Yale. See see who formed those. Well, anyway, let's go back to progressivism. It is, of course, a pagan religion, and its main sacrament is infanticide. They like to call it abortion, but it's infanticide. Uh, And one can uh, look at what's happened uh, to uh, a a person named David Daliden. I think that's how I pronounce his name, D-A-L-E-I-D-E-N, who's being defended by the Thomas More Society, and that's Moore is spelled uh, M-O-R-E, the Thomas More Society. Uh, and why, why is he in trouble in California? Because he exposed illegal activity by Planned Parenthood. And therefore, they charged him, they've sued him uh, civilly, they've charged him with criminal, uh, 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 criminally, uh, for trespass, for lying about, uh, which, which of course he didn't lie about them, he, he, uh, he, he found that they were selling baby parts, fetal baby parts. Let me read you this, what the Thomas More Society has done, and, and they are they are fighting an incredible battle. Uh, they, ha- they had a judge, a, a, a Judge Oreck, a federal judge who, um, let's just say, uh, instructed the jury to find against David Daladin on uh, harm to abortion uh, providers, Planned Parenthood, even though he exposed what they were doing. There were David Daladin released a series of whistleblowing videos, which depicted Planned Parenthood and uh, a uh, another group that uh, trafficked in fetal parts, Stem Express, roles in illegal harvesting and selling fetal body parts for profit. It's against the law, as well as violating laws against partial birth abortion, killing of born infants killing of born-alive infants and altering abortion procedures so as to enhance possibilities for securing, quote, from testimony by Planned Parenthood people, intact fetal cadavers, unquote. The National Abortion Federation sued Daladin and his affiliated entities, as well as Operation Rescue Head Troy Newman, under the Federal Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organization Act, a 1970 federal law which was designed to combat organized crime as well as under 12 California state law claims. Well, journalists, which he is, have always been protected in California for exposing illegal activities, but not David Daladin because he is a heretic. He opposes infanticide. No matter what you want to call it, you know. After all, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the great heroine, or maybe I should say hero nowadays, be politically correct, of the left, and a great abortion activist, in an interview with the New York Times Magazine, look it up. An interview published in the New York Times Magazine said that she was favor of abortion. Well, it was a population control issue. You know, in the 70s, people were talking about uh, overpopulation and running out of food, and she looked at that. And then she said, 
very interestingly, no follow-up, of course. And anyway, abortion gets rid of populations we don't want more of. I wonder what those populations are. Go look up the interview. Don't believe me. Look it up. It's in the New York Times. Well, where are we? Go back to uh, the primitive religion called uh, progressivism and magic. They believe in magic, too. I mean, my goodness, magic. Of course they believe in magic. That's part of it. What do you mean they believe in magic, you say to me? Well, how can they believe in magic? They don't believe in magic. Yes, of course they do. If it's magic, boys can claim they're girls. Girls can claim they're boys. That's magic, right? How else do you explain it? They can convert themselves uh, to any gender they want. And I don't know, one one individual politician who was... uh, kind of interesting guy, said uh, he actually counted uh, 27 different genders that the the left would would recognize in this country. So where are we? So what's going on? And I think that we need to understand what the left, progressive left, is up to. Yes, it's a religion, and a lot of people are suckered by the progressive religion, especially young folks. Young folks are always suckered by utopian schemes, and progressivism is a utopian scheme. I mean, who did Pol Pot use to kill fellow Cambodians? Teenagers that that killed a million of their fellow Cambodians with didn't have guns necessarily. They did it with shovels and axes and what have you. Mao Zedong, the Cultural Revolution, who did he use? Young folks who was attracted in uh, in France, young folks to the French Revolution, along with actually, uh, if you <laughs> if you look at the leaders of the French Revolution, they were the intellectual class, the professionals, lawyers, people, uh, you know, petty part of the petty uh, petty nobility. They dominated the leadership. I mean, Robespierre, Maximilian Robespierre, was a lawyer. And, of course, that <clears throat> goes right with Lenin, who always said that the intellectuals must lead. The proletariat implicitly was too stupid to know their own good, what was good for them, and therefore they had to have a, a, the, the dictatorship of the pro- proletariat was led by intellectuals. And when the proletariat did not agree, like those sailors and Kronstadt sailors, well, they need to be shot. Reformers need to be shot. Well, do progressives advocate shooting their their enemies? Uh, I don't know. Not yet. We'll be right back. And, uh, Robert, I'm going to take this opportunity to tell folks about some of the other great shows besides your show, Do Facts Matter, all of which are archived on our website, or you can go to iTunes or to uh, Google's or to uh, YouTube and see the shows that we do. And we have, I think, without a doubt, the best shows on radio 
the business hour today with Chance Ritchie was super, absolutely super, and he had a guest on talking about the money, and uh, he's going to be doing a show for us, as a matter of fact, starting next week, uh, the money in sports, and uh, it's called sports management, and uh, Chris or Jack uh, is a host of that show, and he is just super. Then we've got Doctor's Lounge. There's no other show on radio like that, the Doctor's Lounge, and we have Scott Barber and Hal Shears that does that, that they alternate doing that show and it is incredible then today we also had our kung fu master on uh doing meditation and helping you relax and helping you get a handle on what's going on today and that's uh through he's (laughs) he reminds me of little grasshopper but uh he was uh orphaned at three years old taken in by the monks and uh He's 63, so he's been practicing Kung Fu for 60 years, and he obviously knows what he's talking about. Then we have Sandy Bostic, who is our agent in charge. Sandy was with Homeland Security, FBI, and then Homeland Security for many, many years, and he's been giving us the inside scoop on federal investigations and what you have to tell them and what you don't have to tell them and it's uh, been very very interesting then we have obviously do facts matter and uh, we also have uh, i hate to pat myself on the back but uh, we have david's pick and um, we always we're very blessed to have great veterans generally speaking on david's pick and then we also do with general dicks Richard Dix, Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And it's um, abominable today that uh, people have already forgotten about Desert Shield and Desert Storm and what we were fighting about and why we went in there. And the last thing I want to do is comment and support our commander-in-chief for making the decision, and I'm 200% a thousand percent behind him and if the iranians want to send their little fishing boats to attack any boat in our fleet they're going to be blown away and i think that's exactly what ought to happen to them and i support trump a thousand percent the sooner we blow one away the sooner the iranians will realize that we mean business and don't mess with us don't tread on our space so anyway with that being said you're listening to america's web radio if you'd like to become a part of america's web radio contact me david at america's web radio and we'll talk over advertising we'll talk over whatever you'd like to talk about and oh by the way if you're a veteran and you're reopening your business or you're about to start a business contact me david at america's web radio and we'll give you free advertising which will go all over the world if you're doing mail order that's great because you can ship it anywhere you want to ship it so if you have any questions don't hesitate to email me david at america's web radio and i'll be glad to talk to you and now let's get back to robert d'agostino and do facts matter welcome back uh, thank you david uh there are a lot of good shows. Uh, you didn't even mention your uh, Venezuelan show. 
That's true. I, you know, I was writing them down and forgot to mention Let's Talk Venezuelan, and that's on uh, Thursdays. One o'clock is English, two o'clock is Spanish. And uh, we have people from literally all over the world listening to that show, and it's very rewarding, and it's... Uh, I'm glad you reminded me. I'm sorry. I, I just that just slipped my mind. Well, let's. Uh, uh, I, I'm glad I reminded you too. It's a great show. Uh, okay, let's get back to the magic that uh, that the progressive religion uh, believes in. We talked, and by the way, talking about the magic, boys can say they're girls, and girls can say they're boys, and then of course, boys who say they're girls compete in uh, against girls in athletic events, and of course, win. See see what happens in Connecticut. Well, the state of I- Idaho passed a law signed by the governor saying that boys are boys and girls are girls, and. That, of course, offended the uh, current religion. That's one of the doctrines of the religion. You can name your own gender. And, of course, the state of Idaho has been sued by the ACLU for discriminatory action, uh, which is absolutely absurd. Hopefully, the appeals courts and uh, will straighten this whole thing out. And uh, if it goes to the Supreme Court, uh, uh, that would be too. However, we've got to worry because one of the things, if you look up uh, what the progressives are demanding of the next president, who they expect to be a Democrat, and they expect to keep the House and take over the Senate. And they may. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, the uh, One of the things they're demanding is that this packing the Supreme Court. There's nothing in the Constitution that says the Supreme Court is limited to nine people. <clears throat> Hence, the left, if they get control of the Senate and they have the control of the presidency, can indeed pack the court. And if they pack the court, all bets are off because the progressives like to legislate through judges. They're not interested in Congress, really, except to supply money, obviously. But uh, they, they, the, their preferred legislative bodies are the executive branch and the judiciary, particularly the judiciary. So what else do we have what other, let's say, magic do they believe in? What 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 are what other things do they doctrines do they have that just aren't true? Uh, one of the most common one is crime causes poverty. No, I mean that's true. Crime does cause. Excuse me. Crime does cause poverty. Poverty doesn't cause crime. The left likes to say, well, poverty crime causes crime. No, no, no. It's the other way around. Crime causes pro- poverty. And also causing poverty and uh, is a definition of poverty, which I'll talk about in a minute, because there's no way that 30 million Americans live in poverty, at least not before the pandemic that we just uh, are now experiencing. Uh, <clears throat> I would say the number of Americans living in poverty is more like 5%, but we'll discuss that in a second. The other thing is, of course, this idea uh, that the great society was a great boon to minorities. It was destroyed minority communities. It uh, Making aid for dependent children relieved men of the responsibility for their own children. It relieved men could then defy community pressure to marry their, their pregnant girlfriends or, or, to, or, or to support their, their children. So... And Daniel Patrick Moynihan, 
I've mentioned him before. You can look up his article, which was published in Public Interest years ago. Daniel Patrick Moynihan was a was a the uh, professor at Harvard, sociology professor at Harvard, and he became an uh, an advisor to President Kennedy, an advisor to President Johnson, where the Great Society was thought up an advisor to President Nixon, and then he became a Democrat senator from New York. And he wrote an article in Public Interest saying how the Great Society ended up destroying low-income families, particularly black families, who were doing quite well in the 50s. They were coming along in the 50s. And or as someone once said, we were winning the war on poverty until we decided to fight it. And, of course, poverty isn't interesting. It's a comparative thing in America. It has nothing to do with real poverty. And this idea that 30 million people are in poverty, which is one of the rationales progressive use to say, we got, you got to adopt our policies. Look at all these people starving. Well, they're not. The, the, uh, about 5%, less than 5% uh, of the uh, people that are considered in poverty have food insecurity at any given time, although I think it may may have gone up at one point to about 14% of those who are said to be in poverty have food insecurity at one time or another. However, if you want to know about poverty in America, the U.S. Census Bureau is a good place to, to look. And of course, they do say, you know, under the definition by the federal government, one in seven Americans live in poverty. It's 30 million. However, this is from the U.S. Census Bureau, okay? This is U.S. Census Bureau. The typical poor household, as defined by the government, has a car and air conditioning, two color televisions, cable or satellite TV, a DVD player, and a VCR. The typical poor family was not hungry, was able to obtain medical care when needed, the typical average poor American has more living space in his home than the average non-poor European. These are all stuff from the Census Bureau. If there were children, especially boys in the home, the family had a game system such as Xbox or PlayStation. In the kitchen, the household had a refrigerator, an oven, and a stove and a microwave. Other household convenience included clothes washer, clothes dryer, ceiling fan, a cordless phone, and a coffee maker. Not every home living in poverty had that, but the vast majority. That's the typical, the vast majority. I think, I think uh, it was like 84% or 85% by a chart I saw that had air conditioning. So poor, being poor in America is to be rich elsewhere for most of the alleged poor um, so I, I think you know uh, when I when I tell when I talk to my students and, and I teach bankruptcy, uh, we talk about the poverty. I said, look, it's the direction; it's not the number. When, when, when you say there are thirty million Americans, or twelve percent of the population is poor, or fifteen percent is poor, whatever the number you come up with, look at the direction. Is the number of poor going down or up? Now, the Obama administration had proposed a change in how poor defined so that the number of poor would never go down. 
the percentage of poor would always remain up because there would be a comparative number. So the, so the, so there would never be a, a, never possibly be a way to, to, uh, get people out of poverty with the rules changes proposed by the Obama administration. They want to make sure they had an excuse for the, the federal government to take over the country if necessary. Um, and there's an interesting uh, commentary that uh, the, the Americans buy this nonsense from the left that uh, people are starving. Look, Michelle Obama, bless her soul, was trying to get more nutritious food in public schools for those who were on the free, free lunch, some free breakfast, free lunch. And the nutritious food mostly ended up in the garbage. Student, st- the pupils wouldn't eat it. They wanted pizza and macaroni and cheese, <laughs> other things that were not all that healthy for them. And as one person reported in one school district, one superintendent of schools, and I don't want to mention the district, get him in trouble, he said, uh, well, once a month we have candy day, and students bring in can bring in $5, can have their pick of several candies. And he said, everybody ha- comes in with the $5. That's how poverty-stricken the poor are. They come in with their $5. So the uh, progressives want to keep that number as high as possible as an dis- uh, excuse for maintaining control. And let me, I'm going to read here a, a few comments about what was called by the uh, an organization the world's de- deadliest religion, and they were talking about progressivism. And look, if you look at the history of progressivism, it is the world's deadliest religion. Progressive modern progressivism started in the French Revolution, and uh, it's very interesting to note that the leading pro-Bernie Sanders, pro-socialist uh, magazine in this country is, is named after Jacobins, Jacobins, excuse me, Jacobins. The Jacobins were the very people led by, eventually by Robespierre that created the terror in France. So here we have this magazine in this country, socialist magazine, named after the group that created the French terror. And the rationale, one of the rationales for the terror was and something like 17,000 people were sentenced to death during the years of the terror, 1792 to 93 or 91 to 93, uh, was, uh, was that, well, we had to do it to unify France people thinking this one country for us to have a unified government and a unified country. Never mind that Vandy was in rebellion and they went and killed everybody they could kill in, in there because they were royalist uh, area and they uh, ended up uh, killing men, women, and children. But that's that was part of the citizen army in France uh, created by the French Revolution. And so now we have a journal, a uh, magazine, I should say, that supports Bernie Sanders, or had supported him, that supports the whole socialist movement, 
that's named after a group in France that created the tarot. I think that's kind of interesting. And if you if you read some of the stories about people who were leading Bernie Sanders campaigns on, uh, in the uh, out in the country, they were talking about gulags. They were talking about re-education camps because we have to create a utopia. Again, all the utopias they're defined by the intellectual class. Those in charge then create a, their idea of utopia, and their idea of utopia. We know French Revolution, Hitler had his idea of utopia. He was a progressive all the way. In fact, he was welcomed to power by the progressives. Look it up. Mao Zedong, Stalin, Lenin, and a whole bunch of other tyrants. Castro, Chavez. And how did that work out for the ordinary folks? Remember, well, you say, well, you know, they were they were dictators, and yeah, well, that's coercive. Yeah, they always kind of led that way. Uh, but let's take a look at uh, a country that was very coercive in terms of their economic policies, and adopted socialism in 1945. When Clement Attlee became prime minister of the United Kingdom, Great Britain, whatever you want, England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. And he imposed a socialist economic system, right? Ah, new utopia. Everything's going to be wonderful, great. Clement Attlee is going to be the hero. And uh, we get all this support from the Labor Party. Yeah, well, by the uh, late 70s, uh, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, was referred to as the sick man of Europe. Look it up. They were sick because they were falling behind the other countries, even France, Germany, Belgium, you name it, in economic, in wealth, in economic development, in innovation, you name it, and they were dropping behind. The sick man of Europe was rescued by, of course, Margaret Thatcher, who who reinstituted a mixture of corporate capitalism and free market capitalism. And no, the Nordic countries are not socialist. They're they're social democracies. They have you know welfare systems, but their uh, their economic system is uh, is either is uh, again a mixture of corporate capitalism and free market capitalism. And uh, I, the prime minister of uh, Denmark, I think it was, was uh, asked about being a socialist, and she was absolutely uh, no. Denmark is not a socialist country. We're a capitalist country, and that's true of all the Nordic countries. So I want you listeners to think about, is there any successful socialist country in the entire world? And the answer is no. You can't find one. Venezuela? Cuba? I mean, even the number one socialist country in the world, China, has been moving steadily away from socialism in the economic sphere. Because they still have a course of government, <clears throat> obviously. And and one would say that that goes with socialism because, you know, you What's what's economically what socialism called it? It calls it imposition of a command economy. What does command mean? It means coercion. But let's <clears throat> let's take a look at some of the uh, thing that goes on because we have a situation in this country that's uh, I think uh, very perilous. We have uh, uh, an entire party given over to uh, woke political correctness. We have a media that. Uh, is their propaganda wing, 
and we have the corporations which for their own reasons have gone over to the other side. The idea that the big corporations are uh, support Republicans is nuts if you look at uh, the campaign contributions from the big corporate PACs and the corporate individuals who run the corporations, <clears throat> they're, they're largely Democratic. Uh, in fact, we did a little study up, uh, not too long ago of the 10 wealthiest people in the country. Nine out of 10 are Democrats. Now, that may not be true now because George Soros, who is in that list, has shifted $18 billion of his wealth to a left-wing operation that's so allegedly a nonprofit to support left-wing causes. But if you take a look at the, really the wealthy controls, he's still in the top 10. So you have nine out of 10 are Democrats. <clears throat> wonder why. And uh, most of the reasons are economic. They, they're ultra-wealthy and they want to stay that way, so therefore they want government protection. I mean, look at what's going on right now. I mean, who who's going to really benefit from... Uh, 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 the bailouts, yeah, ordinary folks will benefit to the tune of whatever the last bill is four hundred eighty-four billion. One before that was three hundred fifty billion. <clears throat> what about the four trillion dollars the Fed Reserve is spending to support the banks and the investment bankers? <clears throat> Take a look at what the Federal Reserve is doing and who's benefiting from all that. Too big to fail, you know. Now, let's talk about the world's deadliest religion. Let's go back to that, and I'll talk about why they're in uh, cahoots with uh, the radical Islamicists. They both have the same, uh, both progressives and and the political Islamic movement, radical Islamicists, have the same goal, destruction of of, uh, America as we know it. They all think that, you know, they can come together and they can really work together in a lot of ways. Uh, the left protects, you know, any criticism of, of Islam or Muslims as racist and what have you. And they both think it's like uh, after World War II in Europe. The left-wing groups work with the communists. We're all left-wingers. We all want to put, you know, equality and, and, uh, and redistribution. And, of course, once the communists got in power— <clears throat> And even sharing power initially with the leftist groups, they promptly killed them. Uh, Alexander Neckham, who was the uh, in Hungary, was the uh, uh, Treasury kind of he headed the Department of Treasury or analogous to, to the Treasury in this country, and uh, and he was uh, his party, the Peasant Party. Of course, Alexander Neckham was not a peasant. Obviously, it was noblesse oblige. Um, he. Um, once the communists got in power and, and got the uh, ways of dealing with, let's say, um, reformers, uh, Neckham had to flee with his wife for his life. He was on the execution list. What did Stalin say after World War II when the communist troops moved into the Soviet Union's troops moved into Eastern Europe? He said, let the former Nazis run the country. They know what to do. And the reformers had to go, and Stalin was just following Lenin's, uh, you know, dictates. People who advocated reform of the of the present system, not its overthrow, they needed to be shot. And Lenin did lots of that in the Soviet Union. Let's uh, let me read this thing from the world's deadliest religion put out. Uh, 
It's a newsletter actually put out by WND. I guess that's the uh, World uh, News Daily. And you can look that up at, uh, look this up at newsletter at, a- at mail.yND.com. <coughs> Newsletters, I'm sorry, not lose, uh, lose me- letters at mail.wnd.com. Journalists who condemn you as racists for referring to the Chinese or Wuhan coronavirus. Yes. Men who swear they are women. A presidential primary contest between a perpetually enraged old communist and a corrupt, excruciatingly senile politician who lies constantly. Giddy legislators high-fiving each other after legalizing abortion at 40 weeks, which is to say, of course, legalizing infanticide. A political party obsessed with eliminating America's borders, protecting criminals, and dismantling law enforcement. Let's talk about protecting criminals and dismantling law enforcement. Philadelphia has a prosecutor who won't prosecute. San Francisco elected a prosecutor who won't prosecute. These are light, they won't prosecute lifestyle claims. We'll get them lucky if they prosecute murder. They won't prosecute. And you say, well, they must know that the, that crime rate is, is rising. Yes, of course they know. Look at what happened to Baltimore. Baltimore, after the ACLU got finished with Baltimore and after the, the left got finished with Baltimore, the police became virtually powerless. Baltimore is now on a per capita basis the most dangerous city in the country. Look it up. You say, well, Chicago's the murder capital. Yes, in numbers of people murdered, Chicago may still be the murder capital, but in per capita murders, Baltimore leads. And St. Louis is second. You know, hands up, right? That myth, mythology that the the thug put his hands up uh, before being shot by, by the policeman Wilson. That was a myth. He didn't have his hands up. He was a thug, and he didn't listen to the police, and he was coming at the policeman in a threatening manner. But anyway, they signed an agreement, essentially requiring the police to stand down, and now St. Louis, I think, is second only to Baltimore in terms of per capita murders. Now, you got to say the left must know New York has gone backwards uh, with these new, new bail. Everybody's no one. No one has to bail themselves out. They just released uh, if they're not violent or if they presume not violent or minimal violence can go out and you know rob again, maybe even mug again. And in one case, murder uh, again. Um, they have to know this. The, and so you say, well, why are they doing it? Why? Are, why are they? Why are they doing exactly what this says? Protecting criminals and dismantling law enforcement. Why are they doing it? It's very simple. Because they're following Saul Alinsky and Antonio Gramsci. And one of the things they advocated, you have to attack the society. You have to make people lose confidence in their own governments. And if their own governments can't control crime, can't control homelessness, lets people live on the streets in filth with rats running around, the idea is to make sure people lose confidence in their own government. And we're seeing that right now with the Democrats. That's what they want. 
Nancy Pelosi is willing to see the country destroyed over her hatred for Trump and over her determination to, to change the direction of his country. She would rather see a depression occur than to see Trump get credit for anything. And they have a win-win situation. If, there's a, if they keep the country locked down, which they're now advocating, that's today's advocate. They were, they were saying that Trump went too far at one point. Now he's not going far enough. Let, let's lock the country down. In order to create a depression. Then we win the next election, we keep the House, we take the Senate, and we've got everything. I will continue my discussion of the evil Nancy Pelosi in a minute. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual, family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Professor Robert D'Agostino of Landis John Marshall Law School, back with my show, Do Facts Matter. And I was just uh, talking about uh, the, um, the, uh, the failure. By the way, these uh, people who are elected, uh, who, who failed to prosecute, these prosecutors who failed to prosecute, uh, George Soros is a big funder of those. So you, you throw a lot of money at these down, uh, uh, down races, you know, not, not the ones that get the publicity, and, and suddenly they become viable candidates. And so we have Philadelphia, San Francisco, both 
prosecutors in those both uh, cities don't prosecute if they can help it. But, of course, I talked about what the reason for that is. They want to make sure people lose confidence in the government so they can reform the government, go back to Nancy Pelosi. So if we can, if we keep this lockdown, we'll definitely have a, a depression. We probably will not show any signs of recovery by the November election. And even someone as cognitively uh, impaired as Biden might be able to get elected. Although I don't think the Democrats are gonna, in the end will run him. I, I'm, I've said I was the first one to say that months ago. I've, other people are saying it now. I don't think that the Dem, the Democrats have to figure out how to get rid of Biden without enraging the Bernie Bros. Because they get rid of him now, the Bernie Bros are going to say Bernie, he's up next. He he gets the nomination. Well, they don't want to do that. So we'll see how they, they, they get rid of Biden. I think they get rid of him after the convention. I think they they nominate him and then remove him after the convention. I mean... And put on Como. Como, think, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Como has been running for the last two months, three Oh, months he's running early. hard. Why did he appear on the Sean Hannity radio show for an hour? Why is he appearing with Sean Hannity for? He wants to show he's nonpartisan. He's bipartisan. I should say bipartisan, not nonpartisan. Yeah, I think there's no question that Cuomo is running hard. And uh, we'll, uh, who knows? And, and that idiot governor of Michigan. Yeah. Whitmer? <laughs> Whitmer. I mean, come on. What an idiot. Um, anyway. No, uh, she, she, she does not compare, in my opinion, to an idiot as much as... AOC, when anybody says, oh, I'm excited about the Texas oil business going out of business and doesn't realize that the Texas oil business is the business of the world. And uh, the Texas oil business is what keeps America afloat. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, inexpensive uh, energy, not only does it keep America afloat, it gives the third world the opportunity to develop and create wealth. I think I mentioned this before. Melinda Gates, who is very into uh, uh, this, has has publicly said that billions of people have come out of poverty because they've turned to the free market. She doesn't quite say it that way, but but part of it is also because energy is inexpensive. I mean, I can just imagine uh, the uh, 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 poorer countries in Africa or Asia, solar panels, windmills. There's nothing. I mean, windmills are totally inefficient. Why no wind, no electricity? So how do you keep how do you how do you keep the electricity? You build batteries, gigantic batteries, which are very polluting in, in, in construction, and you have to have batteries to store the energy to use when there's no wind. Solar panels have some efficiencies on houses. In large scale, they're still not competitive. And the big problem, one of the big problems with solar panels is when you put an array of solar panels like they did in Arizona, all the reptiles get fried. The snakes, the turtles, the lizards, it gets very hot underneath the panels and they all get fried. So if you want to, you know, eat uh, tortoises and uh, lizards and snakes, uh, desert tortoises, lizards, well, they put solar panels up. Not to mention, in, in windmills, they chop up all the birds. So, uh, you know, have and fun. And the sun goes down. Right. Uh, anyway, let's let's go back to this craziness, <clears throat> this crazy religion. 
and uh, and which is now adopted cultural Marxism, where, where Marx was uh, talked about class animosities, class excuse me, uh, class warfare. They talk about identity politics and uh, anything to divide the country, so that they can then take over. Every, everybody loses confidence, and then they'll unify the country just like they did maybe in the French Revolution uh, <clears throat> when they said the terror was all about unifying the country. I guess here they won't, won't create a terror. they just put us in re- re-education camps. Uh, uh, Pastor Robert Jeffries, uh, he uh, mentioned this. Uh, he was uh, on President Trump's advisory, uh, Evangelical Advisory Board. He talked to today's Democrats, quote, Apparently the God they worship is the pagan God of the Old Testament, Moloch, who allowed for child sacrifice, unquote. The modern f- phenomenon of Americans killing their babies one every 30 seconds for the sake of having a better life is strikingly parallel to the ancient practice of sacrificing newborn children to pagan gods. Now look. Even the Guttmacher Institute, which is affiliated with Planned Parenthood, even their survey shows well over 70% of abortions are elective, convenience abortions. The number may be as high as 94 and 95%. Convenience abortions means my boyfriend made me do it. My parents insisted I do it. I didn't want another child. It would interfere with my career. And corporations love it. The last thing they want is is their women employees uh, taking time off to have babies. Great, delay your baby into the late thirties and and work here. Don't take time off. You're, you're a valuable employee. The last thing we want is you to take time off to have babies. So far as corporations are concerned, it's a way of saving money, and and, and therefore they're on board. And most of the major corporations are on board for these left wing. Causes, including supporting abortion, including uh, LGBT, whatever that movement's called, transsexual movement, what have you. You know, it's one thing to say that we tolerate homosexuality is tolerated. It's disapproved of, but we tolerate. Or we tolerate and accept accept homosexuality, fine. I'm all for that. But you don't have to go to approval. And then control... Well, that's what's happening. Let's get, read some other wonderful quotes. Uh, from Tucker Carlson, quote, We're in danger of becoming a socialist country run by a terrifying alliance of authoritarian big tech moguls and wild-eyed identity politics cult members, unquote. He also said, quote, Every society has a state religion, whether it's acknowledged or not, in our country, our state religion is woke politics. And if you don't go along, you're a heretic, and heretics need to be destroyed, burned at the stake in the old days, at least for a limited amount of time, now fired from their jobs, denied jobs, ridiculed, called racist, called deplorables, William Barr, the Attorney General, who's very careful about what he says, 
quote, in any age, the so-called progressives treat politics as their religion. Their holy mission is to use the coercive power of the state to remake man and society in their own image, according to an abstract ideal of perfection. Whatever means they use are therefore justified, because, by definition, they are a virtuous people pursuing a deific end, godly, that's a word meant to he could have said, godly end. Isn't that true? They proclaim all their virtue. I, I have a colleague who's, I, I like him, and you cannot talk to him about anything that is non-progressive. He just stares at you. You can quote all the facts you want. We were, he was uh, mentioning the interview that uh, Biden did on CNN where the two people interviewing him were embarrassed for him. He was so incoherent. He was so obviously suffering a cognitive decline. And they didn't know what to say. They didn't know what further to ask him. They looked actually embarrassed. Oh, no. No, no. Biden's fine. He's just he's fine. He'll, he'll be a great president. He'll just do fine. Yeah, like, sure he will. I mean, he was a second-rate, third-rate, fourth-rate senator. No, no one in the Senate. I, was, I lived in Delaware when he was a senator for a long time. And he was a he was a joke. He was a joke in the Senate. When he used to get up to speak in the Senate, his colleagues used to leave. Look it up. And telling the truth was not uh, part of his uh, operation. And then we have, of course, uh, the the famous Ron Reagan uh, atheist ad, which uh, which aired in the Democratic debate. He was, quote, not afraid of burning in hell, unquote. And, of course, uh, what uh, since that was aired during the Democratic debate by Ron Reagan, uh, the uh, Rush Limbaugh said, quote, it may be one of the most perfect ad placements in the history of advertising, unquote. And, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the Bible is... Uh, Moses, God said through Moses, quote, now choose life so, so that you and your children may live, unquote. So that's an amazing thing when you, when you read it and, uh, and you read some of the commentary in the Talmud why the Jewish community tends to be the most pro-abortion. They also tend to get the fewest abortions. Per capita. You explain it. Uh, Let's see. Obviously, progressivism is a, a secular religion, kind of. It's really religion, and it's just to supplant Christianity. And Dennis Prager, who's a rabbi, he, his comment was very interesting. Quote, the left-right divide is about reality itself, unquoting. Highlighting how half of Americans cannot distinguish truth from falsehood. And, of course, they, the left, the progressive left, is always going to put heaven on earth. Whether it's Hitler and everybody's German or Aryan, that would be the ideal society. Whether it's uh, Pol Pot, uh, want to remake 
the Cambodian population by killing all those who can't be reformed, what Mao Zedong and his cultural revolution, all of this is about remaking it. Heaven on earth. And of course, the creation of heaven on earth always ends up with creating hell. And let me remember left wing, this is a quote. Remember left-wing idealists who, are the, as a rule, see themselves as more moral and virtuous than the rest of mankind were directly responsible for the deaths of well over 100 million men, women, and children. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.